dog's picture got really, really big. I guess when you switched over the thing. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John, kinda. I'm Kathy. <laughs> Let me check the other ones too. Yeah. Wow, did we, uh, was this good timing right here? That was actually really good timing. Give me a second, I'm fixing John's cameras. I guess whenever he switched over, when he was showing us his model. And kind of messed up the cameras a bit, so we get this all kind of uh-huh. finagled. So let's go back to our us camera. The us camera. Yeah, I'm gonna have to refix. I'm gonna have to fix the uh, audio version on the intro music because something's wrong with it. <clears throat> um, but of course, I didn't have <laughs> any time to work on that. Captain Busy says the volume's all over the place now. And Legionnaires just got back with ice cream. Well, nothing should be anything. Vidion says the intro is, the intro has always been way louder than us. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm going to have to get working on that one because there is something wrong. Uh, it's I think because that's thing. desktop audio, maybe. No, it's not. <clears throat> Which is weird. It's not the desktop audio. It's the media source. Uh, and I can't hear it whenever it's playing now. So uh -huh. it's kind of weird. Like our outro music is fine. But our intro music, there's something wrong with it. I'm going to have to work on it uh, when I get a little bit of time. You know, back... I was going to do that this, uh, <coughs> a few weeks ago that we were doing this. But that kind of, you know, ended everything. Uh, guys, welcome to episode 147. 147. 147. Today we're going to talk about um, the news about uh, AMG picking up the Star Wars license from Fantasy Flight Games on their miniature games. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and get to our business. We want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our files and uh, <coughs> putting out there for everybody to hear and see. Um, then we also want to thank uh, Creature Caster, uh, which we will be showing a few models off because um, we are a creature creator, and I picked up a few of those models from uh, the new Judgment line. We want to thank Muse on Minis, Lynn, the awesome lady that she is. Um, Metalhead. Metalhead Minis. Um, and she uh, has been so nice as to uh, let us bounce off of her store to sell some of our product uh, and everything. And, of course, Dan from Tectonic Craft Studios, for providing great MDF terrain and other MDF things. We want to thank them a ton. <coughs> so, guys, John, do we actually have any shout-outs that I need to know of that we've been having for, like, the last two weeks? I mean, we did one last week uh, with Kathy oh, Paints uh, for uh, Alex Trebek, which I think is the biggest one. I don't recall any others. I mean, honestly, unfortunately, a lot of people died, but... Correct. Yeah, Off not... the top of my head, I'm I'm not thinking of any of it. Yeah. I'm not thinking much of it either. Um, Kathy, what are you drinking today? Oh, I've got hot tea right now, but I also have a rum and coke waiting for me in the wings. You're not finished that rum and coke yet? Or did you buy another bottle? <laughs> you bought another bottle? <laughs> 
it's ongoing. It's ongoing. It's, it's just mysteriously when it gets really low, it just refills itself. It just yeah, it's <laughs> weird. It just appears on the table and it's full again. A never-ending rub. <laughs> John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking a screwdriver. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, of course, am stuck with the good old-fashioned water for the time being. Um, good. Good thing, huh? Yeah. Uh, I drink a, by the way, I drink a ton of Gatorade uh, to help get my electrolytes and everything back whenever this is going on. So water is actually something new to me uh, recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to give a small shout-out. Um, I received some pretty um, heartbreaking news. Uh, that a friend of mine um, uh, is going through cancer again, and she's received some very sad news. Um, I'll, I'll get more information and stuff because she says that she will be putting up some things that she can sell some stuff um, later on. Uh, but she's been given a limited time to live, and it's super, super sad. Um, so whenever she gets that for us, we'll definitely help kind of pimp it out and help give... Uh, some love her way. Um, so, other than that, guys, <coughs> wear your fucking mask. If you see someone not wearing a fucking mask, go the fuck away from them. Um, you don't want this shit. This shit hurts. Um, uh, wash your hands. Make sure you uh, keep looking after everybody. Make sure you check on everybody. Um, try to stay home as much as possible. Um, if you're going to do any gatherings, make sure they're small. Make sure everybody's healthy. And um, just look out for each other. Um, from all of us, to all y'all, cheers. 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 All right. Uh, let's switch over to paint cam. I figured I'd to fix everybody's screen in case I forgot about this one. So, <laughs> uh, at the beginning of all of this, I actually was doing some new printing. And one thing for John, because John really liked it, and I thought it was super, super cool. And then one thing for me, because I'm thinking about using it in a Kings of War army. And then one that's just, like, super, super awesome. Uh, and it's just, like, a really cool miniature. But of course, I can't just have it as a normal size miniature. I have to supersize everything. Gaza, you could say I really, really liked it, but really it's more like I just barely liked it. <laughs> well, yours is. Let's see. You barely liked it. I did. It, I get it now that you told me that. Yeah. Yes. I'm slow. I've got a little bit of cleanup work I can see, but it's not a big I'm deal. I'm so slow. Um, but there's a bear cavalry model that came with the barbarian pack from one of the patreons i'm on and printed this he's a barbarian done. john yep. indeed barbarian with a spear how's it coming through on the screen by the way i can't see am i okay yeah good okay um and so i'll get to see you once i have a few more things printed here oh also you have the a... autofocus on is it dang it okay hold on let me fix it oh right. yeah it's I'm flipping out sometimes it's hard to tell if it's that or my eyes no, oh, I, I know. I know it is. Let me turn off autofocus. I was just having this conversation with somebody else. It's it's always, every single stream is playing with the focus for a little bit. Yeah. As 
always something that goes on with it. So, Kador has bear cavalry. Jeez, that would make me almost want to play. Of course, it's going to be a little hard to see because it's I haven't primed it, but. Let me get a model that's got some answers to Thanacea. You know, it's funny with that transparent resin, the uh, the whole reason that I primed those pumpkin riders was so that I could see what details needed to be cut off, you know, like little support bits and stuff yeah, like that. But as soon as I got them primed, then all of a sudden I was like, well, now I just need to keep painting these. <laughs> and yep. that's what happened. Yeah, like like this bear right here, um, now that I've got it out, because it's already been hardened and cured, there's like little bitty ones in here that need to be taken care of. But I mean, and it's like flash type thing, like oh, right what? here, right underneath this fingernail, there's like this little part right here. And it's just a part of the thing. It's just like, bing, bing. Think. And he just come right off. Uh, but he has a little bitty banner stand that goes on the back of the bear. Um, but I printed this off for one for John because he thought it was super, super cool. And two, I'm thinking about using it as my uh, bear cavalry for uh, heavy cavalry models for uh, Kings of War for a Northern Alliance. Because this thing was what I was really printing. And it's kind of blue tacked on, so it doesn't fall apart as bad. But this motherfucker right here, this thing is unbelievably badass. Oh, the giant! Yeah, that is giant. such a cool model. Yeah, so I'm gonna pull them apart. It's just kind of blue tacked together, so I could just see how everything was going. Um, but the giant—I mean, the detail on this is really good. He's got a pig uh, tied to the side of him. Um, Turned out really well. There wasn't any, uh, whoever did the supports did really well. I uh, didn't have to change any of the supports up. Um, got a little bit of clean, like I said, got a little bit of cleaning I need to do. Um, but can't glue it all together because the cape is so huge. Um, but the arm and the pole, or the handle, were one piece. And then the hammer was one piece and so those were glued in but I glued the cape on because there wasn't anything on the back of this model on the, the torso that was worth painting that would be underneath um, I did print everything solid because I wanted some really cool uh, I didn't want to do any hollowing of the model um, I do think this is interesting that the his right shoulder is actually part of a boat his armor plating is actually part of a boat yeah. That's one of the things I like about the old GW one is it looked like it had parts from other things to make up whatever it needs. Yeah. All the out there making giant sized stuff necessarily. Yeah. It was like this is just the part of a boat. Um, but I mean it goes on here and it fits all everything fit really well too. Uh, nothing because uh, when because like the this part I'll paint separate um, before I glue it on because it's just so really super tight in between here. But everything fits really well. Their sockets are done really well, um, so on and so forth. So I was really impressed. And this is going to be a special character that's in the uh, Northern Alliance. 
her special giant because he's just like a fucking badass. And then, right before all that, I printed off the Lithid Mind Flare. Um, this is the one I thought was like super, super fucking cool. Um, of course, I supersized this model a bit uh, to make him look really cool, get some good detail on him. Um, but this will just kind of be a showpiece type thing. That'll be a fun one to get some primer on that so you can see all the detail. Yeah, because there's a lot of small detail. Like, of course, his head's not, you know, glued on yet because you got this big cowl on his back here that he's got in there. But I just kind of blue tacked it on to kind of see how it looked and everything. And it'll look really neat. But yeah, I'll be priming, definitely be priming this one um, pretty soon so I can see what it looks like. All the cool detail on it. So it looks really neat. But, okay, so Kathy, I have Flamacia here, and the orange is, I don't know if you, it's hard, I know you, it's hard to see, but it's, there's a lot of no blend, even though it was dry brushed, the yellow did not, the yellow and the orange did not blend together really well. Should I go ahead and do the dark red over the top of it and then start trying to blend all the colors together or what? Yeah. Go say So go ahead and go with the, like the dark red and dry brush the dark red over it. You, you know what? Your red doesn't even need to be dark. I mean, it's, it's just going to look dark next to the, uh, the fluorescent yellow. It'll look surprisingly dark. I mean, if it was me, what I like to do with red is I'll dull the uh, I'll dull it down a little bit by adding a tiny little bit of green to it. But what that does is it just reduces the saturation and it makes it look less bright fire engine red. Yeah. But just start in one little place and, and see what it looks like. And uh, if you go with the uh, fluorescent yellow kind of over the top of everything afterwards, because you know how transparent that is, yeah. uh, adding a little extra of that color to where your orange meets your yellow may just cover up some of the rough areas in between. Yeah, because I was thinking about doing, getting that in there a little bit more so it kind of blends it a little bit better. And with that red, you're just looking to cover kind of the tips of the, yeah. the flames. You're not going crazy with basically covering up all of your orange with your, with your red. Correct. Which, you know, is something we've all done when we're doing highlights, where we make the mistake of of uh, completely covering up one with the next lightest one. Yes, we have. Everyone's made that mistake at least once. <laughs> at least ten times, twenty maybe, <laughs> before you go. Uh, wait a minute. Why am I wasting my time doing this and then covering it up completely? <laughs> no, you dumbass. You made that mistake last time. And the time before that. And the time before that. You'd think you would remember. 
but no. In fact, that's why I use a lot of washes instead because you make a lot of that mistake. Yeah. So then again, you can wash them too heavily and, and it becomes not the color you want to. That's always, always on the table. <clears throat> All right, so our topic for the day is this week, uh, Atomic Mass Games um, and FFG, I guess, uh, whatever they worked out. Um, Atomic Mass oh. Games. They're both owned by Asmodee, so Asmodee yeah. worked out. Asmodee yeah. has made the decision to switch all their tabletop miniatures lines over to Atomic Mass Games because it looks like Atomic Mass Games is now the, you know, the department for, yeah. for miniatures games Yep. for Asmodee North America. And Fantasy Flight Games uh, really has nothing any longer to do with the miniatures games. So maybe they're just all board games. I don't know. Boarding card, because that's the only thing they have left is the boarding card games. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty, that's, we're pretty sure that's what they were going for, because, I mean, they still have uh, a Key Forge plus a, a bazillion board games. Yeah, and there's also some... Uh, miniature games. I'm not sure if they're still doing um, Legend of the Five Rings. Miniature game? They never did. No, not, they have... not miniature card is what I'm saying. Oh, card no. game? I don't know. I ejected quicker. Uh, longer than I wanted from a game. But then again, it gets it lasted longer than my other game. So I've got that going for it. <laughs> but, so... To me, that's a pretty big responsibility because that's Star Wars, which is a pretty, you know, big license. License? Yeah. yeah. Um, type thing. And so doing that... Oh, there we go. Too much red. Hold on. Hold on. Well, a little too much paint on the brush. Yeah. I think we've all made that mistake, too. Oh, every every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Water there. Water it down. We'll fix it in post processing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's see that's the thing when when mistakes are made during painting is you can always fix it. You can always go back and fix it. Is it a pain in the ass? Yeah, sometimes it is, but it's never anything that can't be fixed. Well, so so they yeah, jump jumping right to the uh, right to the end there. He says, let's just hope production problems can be ironed out. So, okay, so let, let's let's tackle this a little bit. One, Atomic Mass Games. Um, I know all the people that work at Atomic Mass personally. Um, been friends with them for a while, back when most, since most of them were, you know, privateer press. Um, Will, uh, Shake, and everybody else that's working on this, Pagani, and so on and so forth. It's, this is not their first rodeo. But this is a pretty big license to be taking um, for them. It is, but it's not like, I don't think it's too bad because literally you've got games that are very well thought of. Correct. You know, X-Wing, the, the Mark II of X-Wing may not have been super duper well received because of parts, but the rules, have, I haven't heard any real complaints about the rules being terrible. It's just sort of the way it got released. Legion has always been fairly well thought of for rules because it's got pretty solid rules. A couple things are a little wonky, 
brain's a little weird at points, but almost all the rest makes easy, perfect sense. And Armada, shockingly, maybe one of their best-made games that doesn't get a lot of play. Well, I mean, because if you think about it, they don't have... I mean, when was the last time Armada and Legion and X-Wing had any releases? I mean, Legion's had tons of releases in them, you know, recently. I mean, they're still getting stuff out. Yeah. So you're thinking, thinking of Armada. Armada has not had anything since the Starhawk, which was last Christmas. So about a year's worth. Yeah. About a year now, yeah. Okay. But everything's slowed down. I mean, that's just the rules of COVID, and you've got stuff coming from China, which alludes to the problems that uh, Banyan was talking about with with getting stuff in stock. We just can't get stuff from China. It, it's no one's fault. It's a fucking pandemic out there. You know, you can you can be upset about it all you want. You can piss moan and whine about it, but it doesn't change the fact that until this is all ironed out, or as when he finds a way to print stuff closer to the U.S. or in the U.S., it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, because I mean, <clears throat> let's go with the rule sides of everything, because you know that they are going to AMG is what I'm talking about is going to change up the rules and try to probably and I'm hoping that when they do they aren't changing the rules like massive they're doing a cleaning uh, like yeah. terrain issues from Legion or you know conflicting rules from certain things or uh, stuff that just doesn't make intuitive sense to make it more intuitive I mean, they'll be clean they're going to put their mark on it you have to um, yes. and balance stuff sometimes rules are rules because that's the way rules are Sometimes you need to change them because balance. So we'll have to see what they do there. I mean, they literally just just released a new rules reference for Legion this week. I want to say Wednesday. Oh, really? It had uh, updated points and everything. Maybe Thursday. Maybe even Friday. It was definitely this week. I don't remember what day, day specifically. But that, you know, they had updated points for a lot of things. Spoiler, a lot of John's stuff that he plays all the time in Legion went down in points again. <laughs> so you get That's to add more stuff. Oh, uh, I mean, they think it's unbalanced? Sure. I didn't think it was necessarily unbalanced, but, you know, I'm a big, you know, use the tool for what it is. You know, I'm not going to get upset that its points are weird if I want what it does. So, we'll see how that goes. I mean... I got some time. I mean, honestly, there's not going to be much cleaned up on the uh, ability to get models in stock front for six to eight months, maybe a year at most, I would hope. <clears throat> but we'll have to see how the whole pandemic thing goes. If it gets worse, then that's going to be a problem for a while. And I hope they don't hold it against. I mean, it, sales are down, but that's to be understood. It's not, it's not Games Workshop. Games Workshop posted record earnings but they're sort of the brand name for that stuff yeah they're they're they're, they're a different type of outlier um, well they also uh, control most of their own printing you know yeah aside from books and stuff like their models are almost all done in nottingham so they can easily do they can even do it in memphis if they needed to so they have easier uh supply chains they can control the supply chains so, yeah I mean, so 
let's kind of break it down by each uh, product. Like you were saying that, you know, I never played <coughs> Armada. Uh, not once. I do know about it and understand it, and you've talked about it and everything. But they haven't done any releases for it in, you know, over a year, almost a year. So do you think that they're possibly they're going to take and just revamp the entire system and, you know, re-release stuff? Or do you think they're just going to do some minor tweaking and just try to release models? Minor tweaking. Plus, I mean, they, they even said, Fantasy Flight announced the, they were going to do Clone Wars stuff, like, a while ago. It's just COVID sort of put the, bull, put the bull, bullet in that right now. It's not going to happen right now in the middle of this. Correct. So, I mean, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when they get to it. Do you think we're going to see like a version, whatever, a version two, version three, or is it just slight tweaking? Is no, I think it's going to be, I mean, they're not going to, they probably won't do anything as big as uh, X-Wing second edition, because let's be honest, that wasn't received well, because no one likes to tell that all their cards aren't going to work and they need to buy all new cards. Though, as they are less card crazy, let's say, than the, the because if you're playing a board game, it's easy. People are going to buy every expansion. But when you're playing a miniature game, you're not going to buy every expansion. So, you know, if there's ones I literally can't use, so they're probably going to clean that up and see how that we'll see how that works. More card packs with all the cards in it, stuff like that. I mean, they've already had some announced, so we'll see how far they go. Okay, I mean, because that uh, one, because really, there's just like no releases for it. I remember that there just wasn't anything coming out, and that's the reason why most people weren't playing it anymore. Because I mean, there wasn't. Anything to buy? Um, yeah, any any game that doesn't have anyone anything to buy, you're not going to make a whole new army. You're like, I got my army, we're good. Yeah. And part of that is the fact that, um, you know, they release with so few armies. You know, when you expand, then you can get more stuff going. That's sort of always been the Star Wars problem. You release with two factions, and then you're like, we need more factions. Yeah. It's kind of the negative of, negative of Star Wars is there's limited factions because there's, you know, it's not like you're going to Well, the multiple errors makes it easier now. I mean, you can, because now you can start a game with four distinct factions easily. Yeah. And that'll work. Four is what you need. I mean, you can get by with three, four is better. You probably don't want to go much above five, really, to start. But we'll see how that goes. Um, what do you want to talk about it? Um, I wanted to go with Legion because Legion, um, you and I both play Legion. I haven't played it in a while, of course. Uh, it's kind of died in our area, but yeah. I know that you're died ever. well. It, it, even even before COVID, it was dying. Before your COVID, area is really hard on games. It is. I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but before COVID, it was even starting to slow down and die. We didn't have a lot of people playing it. Only like five or six people, and it started to slow down a bit too. Is this so. kind of a small community where you are? No. Of gamers? No. It's just everybody's really fickle. Really fickle. Yeah. It's usually either 40K or nothing really. Uh, War Machine Hordes is still decently. Uh, Marvel is okay, but it's like really, really fickle around here. Really cool. right. yeah. So Legion, I mean, Legion's in the best shape in my opinion. They just released uh, an updated rules document. They just adjusted points again. 
it was already, in my opinion, the best made of the three games. Uh, actually, it is a fun game to play. I mean, I like the mechanics of it. I always have. Yeah, I I enjoy the hell of it. I think it's really fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any. There was John and I kind of hit on this in the pre-ramble, uh, pre-pre-ramble because we were talking about some stuff. But like terrain, terrain needs to be simplified, in my opinion. Yes. And I think that's big on their list. I didn't read the document. Well, if they change any terrain stuff, but terrain is the biggest one they need to fix. It's just to make it more intuitive, more intuitive and, and easy to play. It was always weird. We got a lot of, we played a big two-on-two game, and we got a bunch of the same arguments, not arguments, discussions on on terrain and affecting stuff. Where literally, I was just like, I'm not going to worry about it. Let's just do it. I don't care. You guys are dead anyways. <laughs> you know, there's a point where you just don't care because it's. But that's going to be interesting to see what what they do with that and make it easier. But otherwise, it doesn't need a ton. It's actually pretty good. If anything, it's getting a little massive, and like all the games, the only thing I'm worried about is that FFG has this thing about not putting out rule books, apparently. Um, which is probably good because nowadays they become obsolete so quickly, but man, there's nothing like a good solid rule book in your hand. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, so I'm going to... Uh, Arthur says that Legion's very active here in Norway, and so yes, anything Marvel Crisis Protocol, but struggles to get restocked Legion. At some point, Alex Madison got to step, da- step down the production of new minis for Marvel, then I think Legion would be more than happy to fill some of the rosters, seeing how massive the Star Wars universe is. So yeah, that's not actually anything to do with models made. I can tell you from experience, they have tons of models in advance ready to go. They they do. It's just production, getting it from China is the problem. I think Marvel Crisis Crisis Protocol is getting in better because it's easier. It's a bigger it's a bigger name and it's less less needed it's not as uh intense you know for the time it takes to make one box of the new legion stuff and we don't know how they're making it they're making people are hoping they're going to make some of the old stuff like the new stuff which are more multi-plastic multi-piece standard plastic not the old bendy sort of plastic um, yeah plastic but we'll see um but they definitely do need to look at and this is an asmodee thing not anything atomic mass can do so Keep making that clear because I don't want my boy Will and Will to be upset because people are throwing the bus for stuff they can't control. It's all Correct. all a it's all a global pandemic uh, as would problem. Yeah, I mean we don't fault them for production yeah. or whatever type thing because that's that's out of their hands. Because we it would be different if we were talking about rules and the entire Legion book got rewritten because they scrapped it's electronic. It. It'd be okay. Do what? It's electronic. It'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, because then you could just Print. make just those changes again, anytime. Yeah, I mean that would come with new packs for for units. I wish they would do that one. I hope if they do it, they do like a Mark II thing or like even what they tried to do with Mark III for Property Press, which is a good idea. Print card packs and new cards because things have been changed in points and rules enough that I would like to have appropriate cards or make a builder. I know that's the new thing, and it takes money. But if you make a builder, make it moderately priced for Christ's sakes. Weird managed to do it for fucking ten bucks or something. And if they can do it, yeah, if they can do it for ten bucks. You can do it for ten bucks, maybe fifteen, maybe twenty. If you make it a one-time fee, you can you can go decent. If it's, I'll be honest, 
the even though um, War Room is probably the gold standard for programs, it, yeah. it has way more functionality than you need, and it is way too fucking expensive. Because you know how we are. We don't want to be like, well, you got to pay for this and this. They're like the microtransactions of army builders. We don't want microtransactions. Just, just give us the whole goddamn thing. Because we may need the theory craft. We may need to see what our opponent's stuff does. So, so those are two ways they can get around that. Um, we'll see what they're planning on doing. I'm sure it'll be a good six months before we hear anything. Maybe, maybe February at the earliest. Maybe four months or so. We're not going to hear much till then because honestly, they're going to ramp down for the holiday season, and then we have to see how things are going. And they got to get some time to get their ideas together. Yeah, because I mean, so we went through a Legion, and I think Legion, to me, the rule set was pretty good. Uh, everything was pretty pretty solid, just minor tweaks like we were talking about. And I think terrain and some line of sight issues were a big problem uh, that mm -hmm. I saw. On, and it was like line of sight for certain abilities. And I was like, why and, doesn't this require line of sight? Uh, and some of the rules, some of those rules are intentional choices. Some of their weird line of sight rules are intentional choices. Correct. But I mean, they're to try and, and prevent bullshit. Yeah. We'll play bullshit. I'm drinking. We'll call it bullshit. Uh, so we'll <laughs> see how that goes. I, I still maintain that uh, if you take every factor into account, ease to play. Um, number of models in your army and rules density and everything i think it is still probably one of the top three miniature games straight out of the box oh it's easy to play out right outside of the box and and, like, and a decent playthrough too it's not like oh wow this is pretty cool i can't you know i, I feel like i'm missing something no you get pretty much whatever you want right out of the box and spoiler if you guys don't know the other two uh one of them is marvel crisis protocol uh, but it shares a lot with Legion. There's obviously an inspiration. And the other one is Malifaux. What was the other one, sorry? Malifaux. Still never played Legion. 40k is not easy out of the box. I mean, it's really easy, but you, it's, the model count kills it. Because yeah. I take that into account. Because Malifaux has got a good, solid, that middle between sort of Marvel, actually in the area of Marvel Crisis Protocol model count, where Legion is sort of like that next level. And 40K is just like, Ratchet crazy! Here's 500 guardsmen! <laughs> what are you doing with the other half your points? <laughs> half? You mean... <laughs> I mean, maybe, okay, half. other two-thirds of your points. Especially but yes, so I think it's got a good balance of everything. Plus, it's got a popular uh, IP. And to be honest, it's a good sci-fi game. I mean, Infinity is way too dense and crunchy, and 40k is daunting, even though it's easy to play. It's daunting for the model, so I think it fills that sweet spot there. Yeah, that'll be interesting because there's got to be the Star Wars Legion is very noob friendly, is best way to put it, especially yeah. in like movement and everything. It, 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 it's oh, God, yeah. it, it's very noob friendly, so you don't have to worry about it a lot. Um, and clean. You're moving in yeah. one bottle, then fixing the rest of the unit. Yeah, it's great. It, it's it's pretty simple, pretty pretty you know straightforward whenever you're playing it. But like I said, one of the things I did not like when I was playing was terrain was very iffy. Terrain was very spotty. No matter what it was you either, did, 
It was either, oh my god, this fucking train, or this train doesn't matter. Yeah, type thing. There was no, oh, it's kind of nice. So there, we got into a handful of games where it was kind of nice, but that is the big part, I think, that needs help to make it in there. But I, mean, I don't know what they're looking at for changes, how many, but we'll see. So X-Wing being the last one, I'm assuming you're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that one next. Yeah, well, yeah, go right ahead. Sorry. It's the one I have the least uh, recent experience with because it is the one I play the least. Um, and it is a very popular throw-down-with-your-friends game. Um, it is super beer and pretzels that has been shaking, trying to be fit into a box. It is not beer and pretzels. I think it's the game that they can do the most good with. Well, it's because also the one it, that's the most competitive one, too. Which is weird, because it should be the least competitive game system, because you know what it doesn't have? Missions, scenarios, anything like that. It reminds me a lot of War Machine. It needs something outside of itself to become a full game to play in more than just move some dudes around and fight. Yeah, because, I mean, that's their most competitive game. It pulls in the most people. Uh, it also is one of the easy games for tournament play and convention play because you don't need anything except for mats because you don't have to worry about terrain and you know all that other stuff. People bring their own terrain because it's just got a handful of uh, asteroids or shit. Yeah. So, I mean, all you got to do, because whenever we put it on at Warfare Weekend, all we had to do is, you know, we, we bugged FFG for the mats and they gave us, you know, the mats we needed. So, I mean, it was, you know, it's super easy to do that. So, I mean, it's their most competitive because, I mean, let's be honest, in Legion, you have to have a ton of terrain. Or you're just, you know, you, yeah, or, or you're just shooting oh. each other across the board and just, you know, hoping everybody dies. Yeah, let me hit the comments real quick here. Arthur has one for Legion. He says, he, he butchers noobs in Legions. There's quite a big balance issue in Legion. I haven't found as much of a balance issue, but, I mean, remember, we're going to butcher noobs a lot of times because we're experienced. Yeah. So I don't think that's necessarily a flaw with the game. That's a flaw with, you know, how new are the players and all. There are some balance issues, but their point adjustments are doing a good way. They, they seem to be hitting the models that have a problem or appear to have a problem. And Legionnaire says that he thinks the ease of carry is where X-Wing is big. Absolutely. You can fit in the average size figure case all the X2 models you will probably need, plus all your accoutrement, and then you just have a maybe a mat with you also, and you're set. It's a very tight game. It doesn't have nearly the extra stuff that you need for an Armada or a Legion, even though they're very similar. Oh. Both those, they have more models involved, require a little more accoutrement. That was a good review of Gonzo's <laughs> Uh, very well. Um, so yeah, it definitely is in there. Oh, wrong one. He's grabbing something. It's it's, it's thrilling radio there. It is. It is. No, it's just the, uh... Yeah, like here's all my X-wing. Everything for my X-wing. Everything 100%. All my models, all my dice, all my you know widgets, everything. I mean. That's it. And I can just pop this in and I can go. So, I mean, yeah. Yep. X-Wing is well, super, super portable. <laughs> I haven't yep, played portable. X-Wing in forever. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I like it, but it has, 
I mean, I feel like it needs the most work out of the three, which is funny because it probably has the most people playing it, generally speaking, of the three. But also, I think it is the least... It's also the most cost-accessible of the three. Um, pause real quick. Kathy, since I'm waiting for this yellow to dry, so I did another quick wash of it just to kind of put in, and uh -huh. I'm going to put in another orange. I want to do her flesh wash because, of course, her flesh is just all one color. Um, and kind of wash it down some and get some in the cracks and crevices and everything. Um, what kind of tone? Because, like I said, I want to keep her flesh kind of, you know, pale. pale? And, yeah. Pale and pasty? No, not pasty, but pale, definitely. Pasty, yeah. So what kind of wash should I... I have no clue. I don't I don't use those washes. Or what should I... Um, okay, so let's see. This is, this is a whole different way of painting than the way that I paint. Well, it's because I don't have all the paints that you... I don't have the right paints that you have. The... Well, there's... There is no right right or wrong paint. It's just it's a very different way than the way that I'm used to painting. So if I give you advice on a painting style I'm unfamiliar with, it will probably be the wrong advice. So I got a very light, pull a light tone of wash. So we're going to try that out and such. Sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah. let that dry. And then if uh, it turns out you need a darker wash, you can Actually, you know uh, wash that into the recesses. Instead of using that light tone, let's take a contrast paint because the contrast paint sure. is a skeleton board. Careful because you know it's going to stain the upper part too. So be careful. Yeah. Make sure it's blunt. Yeah, I'm going to take and do like a little part back on her back foot to kind of test it out that way. Yeah. Not all so, what's the color that you're. It's that contrast skeleton hoard, so it looks like a washed bone. Is uh, that like a reddish brown? Is... No. Not sure exactly what color that is, or is it just like a, a thin brown? Yeah, it's like a thin brown. It's what I use for uh, any bone. Um, let me do, here, I don't know what I'll do. I'll do it on the skull. Because that's what I usually use it for, for bones and such. Do you think it would make that, uh, the pinkness of her skin look dirtier instead of warmer? That would be my concern. Because there's no red in it, that it would make her skin look more dead than uh, alive, I guess. Do they have a flesh contrast paint? Yeah. Several. Yeah, they got several. I'm doing it on the back uh, of the They're probably mostly darker than he wants. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why. I yeah. think she's if it's if it's yellowish like uh, Arthur is saying, it might make her look a little uh, jaundiced. Yeah. Yeah, it's kinda but No, he's honestly, saying the the bone color is like a yellowy brown. So I would agree that it would make her look unwell. Yeah, for for uh for flesh, I still go with the washes rather than a, a contrast in most and cases. And Rathu makes a good point. He says there's also contrast medium. So if one of the flesh washes is a little dark, you can thin it down so that it's not quite so dark by mixing the medium with it if you have the uh, contrast medium. Better. I should pick some of that up. A couple times I'd like things to be a little uh, less. Uh, this is I should skip the the gilliam contrast gilliam and it does have a red texture to it 
a red color into it. You can kind of see it down there in the bottom. Sorry. You need to put yourself stainless steel ball bearing in that boy, yo. Oh, it, it's all the contrast paints separate quite easily. Oh, yeah. I'm well aware. That's why I all have ball bearings in the bottom of them because that's fucking the easiest way to get in the mix again. Get yourself an agitator. You yep. don't just meet me. Agitate it. Just agitate it. Just, just swear at it and shake your fist. <laughs> I do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it that's what work. we call agitating. You're not wrong, but you. Arasti says that right. is the reddest of the contrast skin colors. Yeah, it Ooh. is like really, really red. And is do you have the do you have the medium as well? Maybe it'll look sunburned. Because you could just paint the bare medium right over that red if it's too bright, just to thin it down right on the model. I'm guessing. I haven't actually tried that, but it seems like it would work. That's that's a theory. Let's try the theory. You could also, technically speaking, water it down. It just becomes a good wash then. But at that point, shouldn't you just be using Ogren Flesh or what's it called now? Franklin Flesh Shade? Yeah, it's good. Gonna... I mean, but it, the property of it is still different the way it plays on the surface. Fair. What about. Sepia and Sepi. Sepia. Sepia is yellowish. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. So there's three There's three flesh tones, right? Oh, yeah, there is one. Nope. Hold on. Nope. So Arathi says dark oath flesh is what I think would be best contrast for a pale model. So do you have dark oath flesh? Nope. Yes. It's not going to help him. John does. <laughs> Very have, helpful. <laughs> I also have Fire Flare Fresh. Fire Flare Fresh. Fire Fire Yeah, I don't have a lot <laughs> of GW <laughs> normal Drink paints. Drink some more, John. <laughs> oh, I do have Contrast Medium. I don't know why I didn't know I had a bottle of that. No, I don't have a lot of GW uh, paints. But... Yeah, I don't have many either, and of the contrast paints, I have exactly zero in front of me. So, yeah, I mean, I like them; they're good, but sometimes you just don't want them for that. Like, I want to try a turquoise on something where I paint it very light blue and use the turquoise contrast paint over it. Oh, I love that! That's my favorite one. That's or the Achillean uh, green. Or I can just paint things or turquoise. Achillean blue or Achillean, Achillean green but it's really more blue there's there's one that's just literally a turquoise one it's it, well it's totally turquoise is what it is it's like a blue green okay sorry let's go ahead and go back let's finish up uh the discussion on x-wing because we got started on the it's all good yeah i'm gonna blame you for that guy but yeah i i sorry i had to that's all right didn't say you were necessarily anything wrong with it i'm just blaming you I'm an asshole. I usually just pick someone in chat to blame. I'll blame something <laughs> busy. Because that's easy peasy. Damn it, Banyan. <laughs> Why you yeah. gotta be like that, Banyan? Oh, Arathu says, pick me, pick me. Arathu, it's all your fault. Okay, actually, it's like tearing down turquoise. It's literally a turquoise. <laughs> it's very dark, though. You want to put it over something very light. 
I tried it as a wash on my turquoise, and uh, it was uh, a little darker <laughs> than I was. What did I do now? You only pay attention when we're talking about you. That's how it is. Uh-huh. I do like, at least on camera, how that's turning out, Donzo. This one turns out, it, it, it's, it's a, it, this is just the flesh wash from Army Painter. And I was like, it, See, it's darkening nice. her skin, but it's not darkening it so much that it looks like she's, you know, tan. You know what? It's giving her some color, too. And yeah. you could even take just the damp brush with nothing on it and go across the top of her thigh to to Ooh. wipe that off the top of the thigh so that it uh, looks like it has a highlight there. Yeah, it over the top of that thigh. Sorry, we had made things creepy in a while. I haven't made it creepy. Oh, I mean, if you want creepy, just come into my painting stream and, you know, we'll talk about, you know, when you have to flick the nethers. Because, you know, there's some some models you just have to flick some paint on the nethers. I mean, I prefer to beef the nethers. Beef. Nethers can use some beef. All right, I so, mean, you beef them, then you flick them. It's, it's, it's a whole... There's yeah, a lot of it's, it's personal preference. Personal yeah. preference. We're not going to tell you how to deal with the nethers with your models. Yeah. Just gave you suggestions. It's really personal choice. I myself on uh, on Carl Thulu, I will be painting a Hello Kitty on his nethers uh, this week in my stream. Well, if that isn't a wonderful way to get people to watch or something, <laughs> you heard. First here, people. Hello Kitty in the Nethers on Carl Thulu. Yep. Wow. Well, X-Wing. You know, I... <laughs> X-Wing. So <laughs> I think that that one is the possibly the one that they're going to change the most, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I think it is. I think it needs some sort of scenario play, even if it's just for casual, whatever. I think it is hurt by the fact that it's just, hey, bring your shit and go. I mean, it's good. It's also bad. It's the same problem. War Machine sort of had, you know what I mean? Where yeah, it was just beat each other up. Just play Steamroller or whatever. You need more than that. Um, if their tournament's going to be, hey, tournament is just bring this within these rules. And it's very simple rules, which I like. They need some more casual. They used to put scenarios in, you know, in the bigger boxes. And I think they've stopped recently, though I haven't bought anything big recently. I think they need more of those. Because uh, me and L. Marshall played those one day at his house, and we got all the way up to the Rebel Transport, and of course the problem with that was it required three Rebel Transport, which is horse shit. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, even if I bought one and he bought one, we're still talking too. Yeah. But, so we got there. We had a great time. It was a great day. We did some silly stuff. A lot of fun with uh, the uh, T-70 X-Wings. Super fun, you know. Uh, I, I really, uh, oh, Legionnaires has got this experiment. Let's do this. Um, so Legionnaires thinks that uh, X-Wing ropes in the competitive players and keeps them in a little box. Yeah, that's that's cool. But what are the rules for playing not competitive? Spoiler, it's the same rules as for playing competitive. Just you, you fight until you're fucking done. You don't care about the victory points at the end because, boom. They need something more to it. I hate to say it, but part of the thing is X-Wing's only going to appeal to a certain amount of people because when you go into a tournament, it is just fly each other murder, which is fine for a bit, but I want more than that. 
I haven't played all those characters. There's so much more to the game that you could do. You know, they could they could take a page from Wings of Glory, which used to be Wings of War, which X-Wing is so so similar to. Where they they actually have campaigns with little scenarios and yeah. you know rate things where you're actually going down and attacking things on planets and stuff. Yeah, I mean you could you can make it so that like oh, okay we're in a planetary atmosphere, you know maybe you change a little bit of what you can maneuver or how you maneuver, and then every turn you don't uh, have the attacking players fighters you know in your arc or something, they score a point, and then you score points for something else because. You know, they're shooting the target on the ground or something. They're strafing. Or there's, you know, or it's a space station or, you know, whatever. There's ways to do it. There's a lot of stuff there. And and you don't need to do it for competitive players. You can do it for the council players. It's it's sad that people couldn't feel like they could come up with these things on their own. But it is nice to have pre-made campaigns or campaign suggestions that are, that are there in a book. Up our own campaign ideas. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You've hit the problem with miniature gamers, I won't say as a whole, but a large selection of them. They don't come up their own campaign so much. Uh, and some, and God bless them, some of these companies try and put them out, and then there's only a small selection of people that they apply to, which is why you didn't always put them out, because there's only some people who are going to play it. So it's a, you either have to find a way to get the average player to want to buy this supplement, i.e., uh, the two uh, Armada campaigns, which were both are very cool. And hats off, I bought both of them immediately because I want to support whoever the fuck is doing. On the other uh, hand, uh, on the other hand, if it's just something that you put up in your social media uh, somewhere as a, a free thing where it gets more people interested in playing the game and, and keeps them in interested in the game... Mm-hmm enough to buy more models when you release more models now yep. you know they're not leaving and not buying things and you can do the sneakiest version of selling stuff which is making stuff that's normally hey eh, that's okay but not it's not top tier and suddenly you know all these the hawk 290 and all that stuff all the elant birds and all those stuff that aren't great to fly normally suddenly have these extra abilities because they have other abilities there's not to everything just combat Sometimes you need some other stuff involved. I think there's a lot of potential there. And I think X-Wing has the most untapped potential of the games. Karazi says, I want an event mode where you play X-Wing and Legion and how the space battle goes will make an effect on the Legion game. Maybe the winner of uh, space gets a bombing run for their Legion team. That's funny. I had friends who were trying to do something like that with 40K, with Battlefleet Gothic. And then uh, they wanted to take it from from Battlefleet Gothic to what would have been the next would have been the next thing. Epic, then they wanted epic. to take it to like Epic and then just make it you know they wanted to, to go the all ground in. and you can't go full campaign. You never go full campaign. You need you need limits. Like we've actually thought of trying to do Armada into uh, Legion, you know, Armada and X Men into Legion, but that's a lot of work and a lot of guys like back in the day, like if you were stuck, you know, in quarantine with a group of your friends to play games, you'd be the perfect thing. But in the real life, unfortunately, as you have less time to do things, it's harder. Um, but I think we need to see more people put out stuff that's not 
necessarily fair. Like, if you're just playing for fun with your friends, it doesn't have to be a fair campaign. It just has to be a campaign. As long as it ends up being fun, who cares, right? And that's they the whole point. their gonzo. Yeah, I gotta do it. Oh. Blended that a little bit. So, Legionaries is one last point we're going to bring up, and uh, I want to bring this up, and it's going to be a little weird, but let's... Uh, he says, I think the problem is that's me fired Alex Davy, who's lead Star Wars games. Uh, he's their lead designer, and there's going to be a bit before things change. So I agree that appears to be a problem, but remember, this is a company, and they're never going to say what was going on behind the scenes. We don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Correct. He could have been resistant to change. I mean, there are people who have left companies because they're like, we need to change this thing or the game's going to die. And they're like, nope, this is the way we do things. And that person has left. I mean, that's going to happen occasionally. It, it may be, you know, butting of heads. You know, he says he was unceremoniously uh, uh, basically fired. Um, but it's word versus word. And as he's not going to say anything back. So we're taking just one person's side. And I agree, we should at least listen to what he has to say. Uh, about what happened, but we can't issue full judgment based off that. You know, we don't know what else is going on. And I could ask people, but I'm not going to. It's, I don't want to get involved in that. That's, you know, they're going to keep it in the house and private. They should. Let's just uh, look at what happens and, uh, you know, take, uh, take what it is as it comes. Yeah, so Arthur says uh, uh, there's a huge issue with X Wing as a comp game. It's about killing and killing involves a lot of dice. And good competitive games are about making choices. The best of those let you concede to fighting to win objectives and so on. I agree 100%. I think too many games nowadays rely purely on the killing and not enough on the strategy and tactics of sacrificing units to achieve objectives, which, you know, be honest, people do that in, in, in real military campaigns. People would have had to send troops into terrible situations because they needed whatever had to be done there done. I mean, if it be hold people for a certain amount of time, um, I actually think we need more games that have those objectives in them. I actually think 40K, as much as it pains me to say this, had some interesting rules that sort of gave that feeling, even if they didn't say it as much, where you, like, defend this objective. You know, it's a benefit return. You get extra victory points. That's awesome. That's, that's the way it should what, be. That's what's so great about the Lord of the Rings game is because it, it lets all. you do all the tactic stuff. It's all about maneuvering and... It's all about the uh, scenario. And not to shit on a company that's down, but that's sort of the problem with that's arisen from other games where they're just too vague. You know? We put a circle on the thing. Hold the circle. Hold the squares. Like, it doesn't mean anything. They're just geometric shapes. I understand this is the objective, but why are we holding it, you know? You can say... Uh, it's you're it. to say worried Asmodee may break apart. Fan Fantasy Flight Games is pretty much in pieces right now. Yeah. They've already, already. Done that. so they, I mean, they it could exists. Split even further to a card division and a board game division. Yeah, it, it exists, that. but yeah, it's it's not. It's a shadow of what it was. But you know what? They bought it from the people who started Fantasy Flight Games, so it's theirs to do with as they will. <laughs> we will have to see how they. Uh... And all the people that I know who who worked and started Fantasy Flight are are gone already. Yeah, that happens with a lot of companies, unfortunately, when you go public. It is the one maybe best thing that uh, Matt Wilson has done with his company has kept it his. Gives a lot more power to do what he wants to do and, and not have to. When a company says it's going to make a lot of money, 
any case, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously talk more on this as things develop with it. Since I mean, yeah, I mean, this is just the. Yeah, this is just the beginning. I mean, there's there's so much because they did say that they're looking into building a new Star Wars miniature game. What? We have no clue. How? The hugest mistake because there is no scale that would work. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Scale, not worth it. I don't know what they would do because I mean you've got you've got the kind of the individual, you know, mm-hmm. where you've got Legion, you got X Wing, and you've got you know, a large one. I'm not sure, but they are okay. saying they are looking I mean, into it. Terrible, and I think it's not. It's not going to work. It's not. What's hey, up. it's the media oh. section. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all in the beginning. We'll just have to wait and see how it goes. I'm sure we won't hear anything for another six months, probably, give or take, yeah. depending on how it's going. Three to six. Um, February. We'll I I know we have quite a bit to talk about, but there's something I want to talk about. Um, that came up. Um, recently <clears throat> with a couple of people I told them to watch uh, a show and at the ending the show was very very sad um, and so my thing was it's supposed to be sad it's supposed to make you feel sad it's supposed to make you feel um, some emotion for it and that's the point of it it's different between feeling sad because you're watching cats and feeling sad because something bad happened in the show um, no it wasn't old yeller um, and it's still, but it's supposed to. And the thing is, is I, I want to feel that the, one of the things that I hate when I watch a movie is I watch it and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Everybody lives, everybody dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want them to make me feel sad, happy, root, yeehaw, you know, so on and so forth and everything. And some people are like, no, I don't want to feel sad. I'm like, but they're trying to get you to feel sad because of that reason. And it's because the movie's trying to get you to do that, not, you know, just because you're wanting to. I want to feel sad right now. I'm not talking... I'm so bad I can look at the fucking news. I'm talking about... escapism. And it is art to a point. Yes. But you should warn somebody if you're going to show them something ever sad because you can fuck their day, week, month. I saw a simple webcomic and it fucking crushed me for two days. I had somebody talk about a movie in my chat. I was like, I've never heard of this movie. What is it about? And they told me what it was about. And it triggered me to be crying on my yeah. stream. Yeah, I mean. I could... just put my visor down and just painted. I yeah, didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, this is a movie I don't want to see. Indeed. Correct. But what I'm saying is you shouldn't be upset that the movie is trying to make you feel that because the movie is wanting you to feel that. I understand if you're saying that, hey, guys, this last episode is pretty sad. Just be prepared. But oh. saying I don't want to I don't want to be sad because everything every movie should have a happy ending. Every movie should have happy events and everything. And I'm like, no, I want them to make me feel whatever they're trying to make me feel is what's happening in the movie. If it's a happy moment, they've got me really happy. If it's a sad moment, I want to feel sad because I want to, I want to feel what they're trying to. It depends on what it's about. There are some, there are some movies that will tug at my heartstrings and I appreciate it. And the whole story is beautiful. However, if it's dark and gritty and it's making me feel awful aside from being sad, I don't want to see that. Yeah. I see enough of that in the real world. 
it has to be earned or consistent. If it's got those undertones to the whole thing and, and the ending is earned and consistent with the movie, I'm fine with it. But Correct. if it's not, and it's just sad for no reason, or if it's like some, and I'm going to throw popular media under the bus here, so apologies, <laughs> not really. If it's some fucking uh, Game of Thrones bullshit, I don't fucking want that. Oh, random character side. No, I don't want that. Don't, no, don't get me involved in the character, have them die for some random ass reason because you thought it's going to add drama. That's not drama. That's fucking pointless bullshit we see in real life where good people die for no fucking reason. We're talking about art and something else. Make it worth it. Correct. That's I mean, what I'm saying. You want to do Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where Yondu's death gets me every time, but he fucking earns it. Correct. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Whenever it's not just random bullshit, it's whatever. It's you knew that. I mean, when that happened, you knew when they wrote that that there was like, oh shit, you know, that's gonna gonna do it. Like one of the scenes in um, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse, when I see Stan Lee, and I see Stan Lee, he says, you know, the costume it all eventually it fits. Eventually, it always yeah. fits. That right there to me that was like cried my eye. I mean, I'm like Bala because it, well, it's it's meant to it's meant to evoke it, an appropriate emotion, the appropriate emotion the that Marvel want. The Marvel logo during uh, that flashes scenes during Captain Marvel where it's got Stan Lee. Correct. Yeah, stuff like that. That yeah. that's what I'm talking about. That to me is fine. Just doing shit, just to do shit, is not what I'm talking about. They're trying to evoke a response, and that's what needed to. That I love that's movies not. that evoke it correctly. You have to let people know. We're all on edge here. I mean, this is well, 2020. Okay. I, okay. Here's, here's my thing. I don't want to... Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about anything to do with COVID. I'm just talking about the basic movie. So if in, in, a, in a basic movie, before all of this happens, because this is the thing that says... People, like, before COVID, someone was watching a movie, and I says this movie has a really sad ending, but it's very appropriate. It's very, you know, it, it, it's what it is, but this is what the movie's trying to do. And they were like... Why would you let me watch a sad movie? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this. I'm not making you watch it. I'm saying that there's there's a reason for this ending. It is a sad, but it is it it makes the story worth it. And they're yeah, like, but- okay, and they watch it, and they're like, that was really sad. And I'm like, yes, that's the point of it. Was they were trying to get you to feel this emotion. I mean, yeah, but you can't you can't be upset that someone doesn't watch something sad. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not sad. I'm not upset if they don't watch it. What I'm what I'm upset about is they're like, why would they make something sad? Because this they're conveying a story. Have we oh, yeah, we're not talking about a specific movie. We're talking about in general. I mean, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, we need to prepare for that. Yeah. Now, well, in today's society, yeah, there's like certain movies. I'm like, I just do. Yeah, I mean, like today. Don't watch if if you are upset by people dying or things that are pandemic or things are. Don't watch. Uh, what was the show that was on Amazon? Um, the comic book one. Oh God, that was actually. Dang it! Now I'm kind of like all the like. The comic book one. Yeah, there was one. That was on Amazon. Utopia. Utopia. That one's pretty brutal, and because when they filmed it. The pandemic wasn't a thing, but when it was finally done, because the movie's about a pandemic. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's oh, rocking wrist. <laughs> but oh, crying movie. Sad sure. in all the other ways. <laughs> all the other ways. Yeah. 
or over the top. I mean, trash. Don't you talk negatively about the best arm wrestling like... movie ever created? <laughs> the best. None can hold a candle to it. Yeah, and like I said, it's, it's a trash talking. I know. <laughs> now I do want to see the new Star Wars Lego Christmas special, because um, that's on Disney. I think it's on Disney Plus right now. I need to see oh. that. You know, yeah. we could get through yeah, all the media section without talking about a movie because I got some other stuff I need to talk about, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Just um, say I've talked to some people who have questionable, questionable uh, opinions on new stuff because they don't care for the social justice warrior aspect of it. I'm like, if you got a problem with all that stuff in there, it's a you problem. Uh, oh, I want to hear about that, but uh, so it's a you problem. It's not a yeah, it's not a industry problem no. because. About fucking time on the industry. I watched, of course, I watched a bunch of stuff. And a lot of it was just things I put on. Like, I watched Netflix had Forged in Fire. All I did was click that and say go And while I was sick. So, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about... There were quite oh, a few things. the uh, metalworking one, Yeah, right? which was interesting to watch and stuff. It was, it was interesting. Uh, I like learning about that stuff anyway because it's kind of cool. But I'm not going to rate it. There's no reason for me to do it. But the one thing I do want to rate, and I think it was Banion, or maybe, I don't know who it was. Um, someone showed a video of this Indian Bollywood-style movie, uh, and it was a combat that was happening in it. And it is, uh, I'm going to try to, Bahubali. Um, was it, I don't remember who it was, but I saw a video, and it was like, what is this Indian, you know, Bollywood-style movie? Because it was over-the-top cinematics. And welcome to Bollywood. Yes. Oh, it was like, you know, this is the one you've seen the video where the guys get uh, catapulted out of a tree and they form a shield circle and they fall over the, the they get catapulted into the. Uh, have you not seen that? Oh, my God. So, Gonzo, I've seen clips from the Bollywood Terminator style movie that is yes. batshit crazy. And I've seen I forget what it was fucking. uh uh, Hale Boop sent me one that was a Bollywood police sort of one <coughs> that was very interesting, but really batshit crazy. Well, so I saw that, and someone says, oh, this is this movie you need to watch, and someone pointed it out to me, because I was like, alright, I'll watch it. Uh, and it's on Netflix, um, and it is it is their epic movie, and like see uh, the episode one is like almost three hours long. So it's kind of like their Lord of the Rings in a way. And of course it is your typical Bollywood over the top combat fighting. You know, I'm going to cut this tree to cut down this waterfall and make all this waterfall kill everybody. And, you know, it was just so over the top cinematics that this fucking movie was bad ass. This movie was so fun to watch. It was very entertaining. The characters were good. The What was going on was neat. Um, there is definitely a theme that if you're a badass sword fighter or badass weapon master, you never look at who you're killing. You just keep your eyes forward and just... And, you know, or you look down while you're doing it. Uh, all the tropes were in this. I mean, it was so crazy and wild. Um, episode one... or see the Yeah, episode one... Is on Netflix uh, with um, dubbed, and 
the uh, the ending is on there just subtitled. And I found out they're actually going to make a three, and I will fucking watch the shit out of this. One and two were amazingly fun movies. Some of the over-the-top shit, you're just like watching, and you're like, holy fucking shit, did they really? Yeah, they're fucking, holy crap, God damn it, that's cool as shit. It's like if two nine-year-olds got together and wrote the most outrageous combat you could think of, this is what they would do. I mean... <laughs> Hollywood's known for that, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Well, this is. Sounds like fun. It is actually a lot of fun. The movie is hilariously fun. I mean, it's it's over the top on their acting, over the top on you know their combat, but it is really really good. I was entertained the entire time. Uh, Bahubali. Um, I'll I'll put it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll post I'll post a link uh, to the yeah. trailer uh, and everything when I'm done. But I mean. I had a fucking blast. I I actually went and started looking for Indian, um, other Indian movies, Bollywood type movies that are like it, because uh, this oh. is actually a, an Indian movie, not a Bollywood. Um, and I, sorry, Captain Mizzy, but your Amazon account now has a bunch of Bollywood Indian movies on there um, that I've got locked in <laughs> to watch oh. later. So. Oh. Also, just Singham. That's the one that uh, Hail Boops is just to me, and it was enjoyable. A bit batshit crazy, but enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it, it, some of the stuff you're doing, you're just laughing, and you're you're watching it, going, "Oh my god, they're yeah, well, uh, okay, yeah, that's that's damn cool." I mean, special effects wise, you know, it's it's all um, some of it's not the greatest, but I mean, it was a fun ride. Episode one and episode two. Uh, go watch it. I'll post a link on it. They're both on Netflix, so you can see them. Um, I'll post a video trailer so you can watch it. But, I mean, it was just like if a bunch of second and third graders got together to make a movie, like, wow, well, we'll just have this guy yeah, he'll just wrestle a bull just to show how cool he is. And he can flip him over by using his, by, you know, grabbing the nose and flipping it one hand. And you're just like, holy shit. You flipped it. It was for real. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you, go watch it. They're both on Netflix. They're both a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to watch a bunch of more Indian, um, over the top movies like this, see what they're like. Cause I mean, that one was the greatest. Uh, and I saw that they're making it in episode three. I'm all for it too. So zero, zero space herpes. Go watch it. Wow. It was just so damn fun. Uh, John, what do you plan? What, give us yours. All right. So I only watched one movie this this week um, because, I mean, spent too much time doing other stuff. Uh, well, apparently I forgot to cancel the, uh, I think I mentioned this last week with Kathy. I forgot to cancel the Stars account, so I have it for a month, which is no big deal. So I'm finding stuff on Stars to watch, stuff that, like, you know, I've always been like, I kind of want to watch that. So this week I watched a uh, Elmore Leonard-based uh, movie uh, based off the story he wrote that uh, ended up being sort of like the weird pilot for a TV show that my ex-wife and I really loved called Karen Sisko that was canceled before its time. Uh, and this is called Out of Sight. It is uh, George Clooney, and if I remember correctly, that's J-Lo in it. She actually did an okay version, okay job. 
And it's basically sort of a... Um, it's called it's more of a comedy crime drama where uh, Jennifer Lopez plays the they plays Karen Sisko, who is a uh, U.S. Marshal, and George Clooney plays a bank robber who's breaking out of prison, and it's just sort of fairly romanticy comedy, but it's not really a comedy so much. You know what I mean? It's funny at points, but it's not super much a comedy where he sort of kidnaps her as a hostage and they get to know each other and like each other and. Then he, she sort of, uh, he's fixated on her while they're, well, he and the rest of the cast are trying to do crime stuff. Lighthearted drama? Yeah, sort of. It has a pretty stacked cast, to be honest. Because you've got Luis Guzman in it, you've got Albert Brooks in it, you've got Ving Rhames in it, you've got Don Cheadle in it, George Clooney, obviously. Dennis Farina plays her father. What's it called again? Uh, it's called Out of Sight. And it was uh, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I thought the TV series was done better, but I think the lead was better because I mean, Jennifer Lopez does a fine job in this, but she's not great by any stretch of the imagination. I think she's probably what brings it down more than anything else. She's not super believable as a uh, as a uh, U.S. Marshal. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe some of the outfits they have her wearing because she's J-Lo, where you mm. think someone would dress a little more... I don't know. Tactically, let's say. Yeah. But I enjoy the crap out of it. Um, her and George Clooney have some good chemistry. And George Clooney is just got chemistry in general. Bing Rames is always amusing. Most of the rest of the cast does a good job of what they're doing. Uh, enjoyable. Not super violent or anything. A little bit towards the end. But the, under the crap of it, I give it like, you know, same as an average action of a good action movie. You know, say two... Space Herpes, it's enjoyable. You wouldn't really pay a lot of money for it. Um, like I said, it's not really, not really as good as the TV series. I don't think it can stream anywhere. But I like to watch Elmwood Leonard stuff because he's the writer of Justified and Jackie Brown, uh, or the story that Jackie Brown was based off of, and Get Shorty. So he's a lot of good stuff he's done. And so I like to keep trying. He actually did 310 to Yuma. That's a good one. Yeah, so, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. It's just, uh, you know, it just never really got anything super huge, except for maybe, I mean, even Jackie Brown is probably, most people would call it, would probably not rate it as high on the Quentin Tarantino list, even though I call it probably my favorite. Yeah, I like Jackie Brown. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, it's on, on July 4th with a buddy. Um, actually, so the funny thing is to just tie it into the TV show called Karen Sisko that I liked. Um, Robert Forrester, who was in Jackie Brown, plays her father in this, in the, in the TV show. And I love her. Oh, the, the movie's even got freaking, uh, what's his name? Why is my brain not working? Have I been drinking? A little bit. <laughs> Bet shit's because I've been drinking. Um, damn it. <laughs> that guy, you know. That one dude. No, hold on one second. <laughs> Quick to the Google. Two, I mean, don't. He's a big enough actor. I don't know why he's not uh, in here as a higher reason. I mean, it's Nancy Allen. I like Nancy Allen. Fucking first, first movie Batman. Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton? Michael no. Keaton. 
Michael, Michael Keaton's even in it for like 12 seconds. I'm like, oh shit, it's a pretty stacked cast. It's just, I think it didn't do well because it's a little off as far as tone. And uh, Jennifer Lopez is not a good enough female lead for it. I think this is one where a good, a good tougher female lead would have done a better job. If you'd have gotten, uh, da, 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 what's her name that did the, the funny thing is actually the person who did play San Francisco in the TV show actually uh, uh, played her again in an episode of Justified. Carla, you know, so she does a lot better job than, I mean, obviously, than J-Lo, where j is not known for being a great actress, unfortunately. But there you go. Two shots of, uh, or two shots of cracking, yeah, two uh, space herpes. If, it's, if you've got stars, it's free. If it's a cheap rental, that's like a dollar rental by all means. So, there you go. Uh, Kathy, you watch a bunch of stuff. You better hit something before Gonzo takes a lot of time. I do. Again. I watched Total Recall for the very first time. What? The, the original? Yes. Oh, my God. You should have told me. Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> How could you not love it? It is It's great. It yeah. was awesome. I just, like... I don't yeah. know. You, you know what I'm saying? It was just like see, the it's... the hand gestures totally come across on uh, when you're listening. Oh, to audio, it. yeah. <laughs> see my hand gestures? At, at right before his height, he's starting to peak right in this. You know, right, this movie comes out. I th- now, was this right after Terminator? I believe it was right before Terminator. I'm checking I think out it was too. 1990. I thought Terminator yeah. was like. 89 or 88. Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is, it was 1990. Terminator 2 is when he really hit big. So, and then was True Lies after this then? Oh, definitely. Okay. So, but so, yeah, um, I, is, oh my gosh. He's just off of Predator. Oh God, this is a heck of a, here's the streak he did. Terminator in 84 along with Conan. Then Commando in 85. Raw Deal in 86. Predator and the Running Man in '87. Oh, the Running Man. Red, and then uh, Twins. That Total Recall in And then '91 is Terminator 2, and then he's fucking all over here. the place. Uh, I, you can't even see how high he is because he's here. He's outside of the frame. Then uh, True Lies is '94. I liked that a lot too. Yep. But yeah. So Total Recall just. I was riveted, riveted for the whole thing. I could not look away. I mean, Sharon Stone, Ronnie Cox, Michael Ironside. Oh, and I love Michael Ironside. I'm like, oh, my God, he's in this. It's going to be awesome, and I bet he's a bad guy, and I was totally right. (laughs) Ronnie Cox and Michael Ironside play great bad guys who also can play great good guys if you give them a chance. I love all the twists and turns that this movie took. It was so very twisty and turny. I'm like, I'm at one point, I'm like, wow, this is really a mind fuck. And you don't know which way it's going. And then later on, he pretty much said that. So, yeah, they said that. So now <laughs> people say that at the end, the bright light as uh, it ends, you know, lens of the bright light shining in the camera. I think he's kissing her on Mars with air. You spoiler. don't know. You don't know so if it's real one scene, one scene gives it all away earlier in the movie. There's a scene where he's unconscious. And they're talking about, he's just living out the, you know, the secret agent portion of his uh, memory implant. 
And she's like, we haven't given it to him yet. That's the scene that lets you know that it actually happens. Well, so, and and I knew that, but then I was like, what if he's meant to... But it's a scene that he's not involved in. That's the one mistake they did, showing that scene. And I think it was yeah, actually... Yeah. It's probably good because it gives it a happier ending, not an ambiguous ending, because I don't mind sad endings. I don't I mind... I would have enjoyed it as a, you don't know if it was real or not, because the entire journey of this movie was just like one mind fucked after another. So that would have been like, just mm-hmm. the final thing and you're just you're just like I don't know if the problem I don't is that know the, if I'm dreaming or if I just live this. That Carl Co was so into it with uh with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger if he wanted a happy ending he got a happy ending because he had that kind of pull with him. Yeah. But I do love Total Recall. It is super fun. It's a fun, great action movie. Uh pretty much hits on all of they had a lot, a lot of uh fun actors that made appearances in it. Yeah, and then uh, was it Paul Verhoeven? This is Paul Verhoeven, right? Yeah. yeah, Paul Verhoeven is so good at putting just, the, even if in this case just the tiniest bit of political satire in there with the commercials. Oh my god. The commercials. Oh, I love seeing all of the uh, once you get to the uh, the one area where they have, like they had a jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. They had Beck's beer. They had, like, all these different you know, familiar things, just with a little bit of a twist. Phoenix yeah. Paper says she read Total Recall first. I would like to read. I would like to read it. I would the, assume the book that it's the, based off of. The book it's based off is much more ambiguous ending. I would probably put money on. Yeah, but I hear that now. The book didn't have a Mars sort of thing at the beginning. I was just talking with somebody about this. There was no reference to him being to Mars. Mars! Something that they added for for the movie. Get your ass to Mars. Alright, it's a running joke at my crew. Get your ass to Mars. Mars! There's a... The Rails games. I don't know if anybody's played Empire Builder, the the Mayfair games. Mm-hmm. Games where they have the, the railroad building stuff. Anyways, they have a whole bunch of different ones and they have a Mars one where you're, you're rail building on Mars and every location on Mars is something from science fiction books or TV shows. So they have Star Trek references. They have Martian Chronicles references. They have Total Recall references that I didn't get at the time because I had never seen it. Uh, and, you know, and other sci-fi things that I, I'm like, this is, this is really cool. This, it was a lot of fun playing uh, the Mars version of Rails. I like Rails, though, so, but that, I digress. But is it actually the real Mars? It's a joke because Brad played basically <laughs> Martian Manhunter in a role-playing game, and then... He's trying to get back to Mars, and someone from the future show, they like, that's not really Mars. They were worried about humans. They switched the places of Mars to another planet. Your Mars is across the galaxy, son. <laughs> that's where that joke comes from, so everyone gets it up there in the chat room. <laughs> there you go. Um, last one before we go. I did catch up on Star Trek D- Discovery. I did not. Um, I'm really liking where they're going with this. I've uh, still never seen it. It's it's changed, but I like where it's going. 
Yeah, I'm gonna it'll probably be after my potentially crazy uh, Christmas schedule because I'll you know Bane and I will watch it together uh, when we have dinner. So we'll just wait for that time because I'm probably not gonna have a lot of dinner breaks like that. <laughs> well, we'll wait till then, and I'll just keep we'll just keep catching up on. Uh, well, we're gonna catch up on Mandalorian shit. Yeah, I caught up on I'm Mandalorian today or Friday too. Cause... I still haven't seen any. Any of the new episodes yet? Yeah, Mandalorian two in a row, amazing. Yeah, Mandalorian's been pretty. It's been quite solid. Uh, I've been enjoying it. So there's no complaints. Star Wars Destiny has taken a little different, like I said, it's a little different turn, but it actually has been pretty, pretty good. There's some interesting twists that they're doing, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. That's where I thought it was going to go whenever it first came out. Uh, so, mm, pleasantly happy. And some deep cuts in there too. Deep cuts. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how see how long they're going to let it go and let it do what they need to. Yep. Um, guys, that's it. That's our episode that's for today. Um, we appreciate you coming in and listening. Uh, we appreciate it if you're listening uh, somewhere else and watching. Don't forget, Kathy will be streaming Tuesday through Friday this week. Uh, should be a painting on Carl. Um, other than that, Thanksgiving, special Thanksgiving uh, stream too. Yep, so. she's gonna have a special Thanksgiving stream. Uh, guys, make sure you're protecting yourself. Uh, when you go out, wear a mask. Be safe. Um, please be careful. Uh, wash your damn hands. Um, stay away from people that aren't. Uh, tell them to go fuck off. Kick them in the teeth. Whatever. I don't care. Don't get uh, close enough to kick him in the teeth. That's unsanitary. Unless you got really long legs. <laughs> got long, long legs. So, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night. Bye. Also, I totally watched You Only Live Twice in my, you know, James Bond, uh, Bond? series, my, my Bond fest. You only live twice, and then, you know. Also, today I watched Top Secret with my friends.